Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hey everyone, before we jump into today, I just wanted to take a moment to love on all the moms out there. Y'all are the best, and I can't imagine where I would be without my mom and grandmas. So I just want to take a second to honor all of the moms here at Akuo right now. We love you so much. Now also, I understand that not all of you ladies have had the opportunity to birth a child. Now, for all of you, you can be celebrated just as much on this day. Now, some of you are stepmoms or adopted moms. You have kids to care for, and we love you for that. Now, for some of you, it hasn't happened for whatever reason. If that's you, I want you to know that you have been a mom to someone at some point. If you've cared for and helped anyone through a situation of any kind, that's maternal, that's motherly. You could also be a spiritual mother to people around you just by sharing the gospel and loving on people in very spiritual ways. Now, if you've done any of these things, I just want to honor you and let you know how much you are loved and appreciated on this Mother's Day. Now, back to business. We are in week five of our series called Fruit Feeder. This is another series where we are talking about fruit. And the reason for that is because we got a word to start the year that we would be a fruitful church here at Okuo. So we have done our best to learn all about what spiritual fruit is and how we can use it. Now in this series, Fruit Feeder, what we are doing is taking a look at how this fruit is actually fed by the situations in our lives. And we're looking at this idea through the lens of the scripture we find in James 1. There it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So what we are looking at is how crappy situations can be used to fertilize the fruit that the Holy Spirit is growing in our lives. What we are understanding is that pain has purpose in our lives. And the best way for us to do that as communicators is to be hot. We wanna make sure we are modeling what it looks like to be hot. Now, don't go crazy just yet. Hot is just an acronym for honest, open, and transparent. We all want a hot church. So if you're in the chat with me right now, just type this in. Just type in, my church is hot. My church is hot. Now, if you aren't in the chat, just say it out loud wherever you might be right now. My church is hot. And don't worry if people look at you weird that you said that out loud. But this is exactly what we are trying to build here at Akuo. And one of the ways that we can love people is by being honest, open, and transparent with them. Now, this week we have a special guest joining us that is going to be hot with you. Once again, we have Pastor Lee Wong from City Tribe Church joining us. Lee is a good friend of mine, and he's one of the people that I am hot with. And I'm one of the people that he is hot with. We're just a couple of dudes being hot with each other. No big deal. Anyways, in addition to that, Lee has a fantastic message to bring to you today. So without further ado, here's my good friend, Pastor Lee Wong. Today, as we continue to explore how to turn crappy circumstances into fertilizer or fruit feeder and to turn trials into joy, we're going to journey through a portion of a letter that was written in the first century and collected in our Bibles known as the first epistle of Peter or first Peter. And I'm especially pumped for our conversation today for what we're going to explore. And here's why. Have you ever wondered, God, why am I not hearing from you? Or why aren't you responding to my prayers, God? 
Or have you ever wondered, God, what do I have to do to be blessed with an abundance of your provision and your peace? Well, what we're going to explore today in Peter's letter, it answers those questions loud and clear. Peter straight up said that if we do what he encouraged in his letter, that our Father will reveal his truths to you. He wrote, your prayers will not be hindered. And you will be applauded and you will be lauded by our heavenly father such that he will pour out to you his affection for you. Peter said that you were called for this so that you may inherit a blessing. Now, anyone like me out there, anyone want to inherit a blessing right now? If you do, let us see it in the comments. Give us a raised hand emoji or give us a thumbs up, something to let us know that you want to inherit a blessing. Now, on the flip side of all that, Peter was also clear that if we do not do what he encouraged in his letter, that we will not be in the immediate queue to receive an abundance of God's peace and his provision, that the overflow of his attention and his affections, it's going to be poured out onto others elsewhere. Peter said it this way. He said that the face of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. And I'm sure none of us want to miss out on the blessing our Father wants to pour out to all of us. And so today we're going to explore how to ensure our prayers aren't hindered and how to inherit a blessing. In other words, we're going to learn how else to use the crap in our lives to fertilize the fruit that God wants to bear in us. But before we jump into to today's teaching, would you join me in asking God to speak to us? Father, we just ask that um, you would... Help us be centered and help us be focused to hear whatever it is that you want to teach us through your scriptures and through your spirit. We are listening for you. And Lord, for me, I just pray that you would use me as a vessel, use me as an instrument, speak through me that my words would be an encouragement to those listening and they would be a reflection, an accurate reflection of your goodness and your love for us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so what did Peter encourage the recipients of his letter to do that would ensure their prayers weren't hindered and so that they would eventually inherit a blessing? And how might you and I do the same today so that we can fertilize the fruit in our lives? Well, to answer those questions, let's briefly unpack what the recipients of Peter's letter were experiencing. Peter wrote his letter around the year 60 AD, the mid-60s AD, to various Jesus-centered communities throughout what's now modern-day Turkey and what was historically known as Asia Minor. Well, from archaeological work in the Asia Minor region, like with the study of Artemis' temple and the study of the spa city of Hierapolis and even ancient irrigation systems that have been discovered and even unearthed wigs, we learned that Asia Minor was among the most affluent and most pagan regions in the ancient world. The people in this region, they placed a really high value on wealth and status and external beauty. And so when the message that Jesus is God reached Asia Minor and pagans drastically changed their lifestyles to live out Jesus's teachings, well, the Jesus followers stood out like sore thumbs. They stopped spending their resources on pagan temple trinkets and trysts with temple prostitutes. Because they lived expectantly for Jesus's kingdom to come, which they believed was at any moment, Many building projects were abandoned and they were left unfinished. And so these Asia Minor Jesus followers, they were seen as a disruption to the economy and as disrespectful toward the emperor, Caesar Nero. We read in other portions of the scriptures that they were seen as men who have turned the world upside down. And they were seen as all 
acting contrary to Caesar's decrees. And so these believers were ridiculed and mistreated for their faith. Some were dragged out into streets by angry mobs and beaten. Some were imprisoned. And the persecution eventually intensified so greatly for their crimes against the emperor, some were executed, beheaded, or burned alive. And as you can imagine from this ongoing harassment, many felt helpless and hopeless. Many grew weary and their faith in Jesus waned. They wondered if Jesus would ever return and why God would allow such mistreatment. They were in what Pastor Humby has described in this series as crappy circumstances. And it's partly because of these crappy circumstances that Peter sought to strengthen the believers in Asia Minor. And so, how did Peter encourage these mistreated believers in Asia Minor? How would he have encouraged you and me when we're in crappy circumstances? Well, I imagine as Peter considered the right words to put in his letter, he prayed, Father, how would Jesus have encouraged these harassed folks? And I imagine what came to mind for Peter was an occasion with Jesus that was forever etched in his memory. And so let's briefly put a pin in studying Peter's letter. And flash back with me 30 years prior to visit that occasion that occurred around 30 AD. All right, so we're in this flashback now. Peter was just a young pup, and he had just abruptly left behind his old life to join Jesus' movement and to follow Jesus everywhere. And on this occasion, as was the case in almost every occasion, a multitude of folks who'd been made to feel worthless their whole lives they gathered around Jesus, right? Their whole lives, because of their social standing, they were considered worthless. And so they hoped to hear from Jesus that they would be encouraged and that their lives would change. And so Jesus encouraged this group of harassed and helpless followers. And he basically said to this group, he said, I see your circumstances. And this is not at all the life that I intended for you to experience you need to know that you were intentionally and intricately created in the likeness of our Heavenly Father, meaning that the very core of your being, your very essence, is His essence. You are inherently good. And so no situation and no person can dictate your significance or take your capacity to drive out darkness. And it was as if Jesus said to this crowd, let therefore your circumstances be a reminder of why this world needs you to live up to your identity and to your purpose. Jesus actually said it this way. He said to that crowd, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven. Now, end that flashback. And let's fast forward again 30 years from that occasion, and let's return to Peter's letter. So having recalled just how impactful Jesus's words felt for him personally that day, and having recalled how encouraged the crowd was, Peter echoed Jesus's teachings for his harassed and helpless recipients. He said to them, conduct yourselves honorably among the people of the world or the Gentiles, so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits, regurgitating almost exactly what Jesus said. Now, both Jesus and Peter were saying, you have got to remember who you are and the good that you were created to do. Now, I understand how others' put-downs can be scathing and their chisme and their slander, it can be scarring. 
And I understand how being harassed or ignored because of your skin color or your social status or your lack of wealth or your faith, how it's infuriating. And yes, it all sucks. And no, it shouldn't be that way. But remember, no one and no circumstance can define who you are or your purpose. Who you are has already been defined for you. And if you want to know who you are, you've got to know exactly who you came from. And so this is why I strongly encourage you to get into the gospel accounts about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in those gospels because you will see just how good of a God Jesus is and then you're gonna know how good you are. Listen, because you were created in our creator's likeness, you are fundamentally good, you are not bad. You are inherently honorable, you're not evil. You are a radiant light beneath all of that pain, all of the hurt, all of the guilt from things that you've done and the shame from things that have been done to you. You are a radiant light. You are not darkness. And as such, you are incredibly invaluable and you have a significant contribution to make in the world around you so that people see God's character on display through you. Now, here's the difficult part about this truth. The same is true for that friend who betrayed your trust. What's true for me and what's true for you, well, the same is true also for that coworker who backstabbed you and for that boss who has berated you. What's true for me and what's true for you is also true for that person who you're bitter towards or that ex who cheated on you. And I hate that. And Peter knew folks like me would wrestle with a truth like this. And so he encouraged he continued his encouragement in his letter. And again, I imagine Peter, he flashed back to that same occasion that we just referenced a few moments ago when Jesus encouraged the harassed and helpless multitudes. And another portion of that very teaching 30 years prior, Jesus essentially said, because all people are created in our Father's image, and since everyone is fundamentally good and inherently invaluable, you must care for the well-being of everyone, not just those who care for you. Jesus taught it this way, and it was so revolutionary at that time. He said, you have heard that it was said, hate your enemy, but I, the one with all power and authority, I tell you, love your enemies. And so once again, Peter, he repackaged Jesus's teaching in a way that's relevant to his recipient's situation. And he did so with a word that we use today for when we celebrate someone's contributions or when they hit a major milestone. But for Peter and his recipients, that word, that, that word meant that we are to treat everyone as precious and priceless always, simply because they exist. That word meant that we are to appreciate every single person simply for their inherent worth and their intrinsic value as God's image bearers, not merely when they achieve an accomplishment or hit a milestone. Now, the teaching that Peter repackaged from Jesus, it's our fruit-feeding idea today. So if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're following along in the scriptures, make sure you highlight it or underline it, circle this phrase. But Peter echoed Jesus's revolutionary teaching this way. He wrote, honor everyone. Honor everyone. Now, this scripture, it has been misused and it has been abused in order to control others and to victim blame. And it's been misused in, in church cultures to keep toxic, narcissistic leaders in positions. 
And so we got to get clear from Peter's perspective what it looks like to honor others. Now, based on what's recorded all throughout Peter's letter, I've created a chart with the descriptive words that he used. And so here's what honor is not. Honor is not malice or cruelty, seeking to harm anybody. Honor is not shaming or slandering them. Honor is not hypocrisy or deceit or rejection. And honor is not intimidating folks or using threats or insults or even envying them. But honor is mercy and compassion. When you honor somebody, you are being sympathetic with them and understanding with them. You're inviting their insights and their input. Honor is being mutually submissive, seeing somebody as an equal. Honor is demonstrating humility, lowering our posture, lowering ourselves, not placing ourselves above others. And honor is treating others with reverence and gentleness and calmness. And honor is praising others, complimenting them. And so let's get clear about what Jesus and Peter did not say. They didn't say, honor only the people who honor you. And they didn't say honor only the people who have a lot of money or honor only those who are accomplished, nor did they say honor only the people who are physically attractive or only those with whom you politically align. Nor did they say, and this one, it really hits home for me. They didn't say honor only those who are Spurs fans and Cowboys fans. No, we are to honor who? Everyone, even Rockets fans and Texans fans, and they're the absolute worst. I'm kidding. I'm messing with y'all. We love you all. Now, let me be honest and open and transparent. H-O-T. Let me be hot with y'all about this for just a moment. I get this love and this honor teaching wrong a lot. Like, I don't always honor my servers when they get my order wrong. I don't always honor my wife the way that I should and the way that she deserves. And when someone dishonors me, it's really counterinstinctive and counterintuitive for me to want to honor them back. I instinctively want to fire off a fury of words and my imagination takes me to John Cena and his attitude adjustments and throwing rabbit punches and pile driving people. And I know I'm making light of this, but the reality is I have a lot of hurt and borderline hate in my heart that I have to fight against every single day. A person I thought was a trusted friend spread some very slanderous lies about me and so slanderous that I'm not even comfortable being that hot with you about them because I don't want to put those lies back out into the world. And this person's lies, though, affected my relationships, could have affected my career, and I admittedly want to respond being hot with you by harming that person physically and even that person's reputation. I know that's not the most honoring thing to say. The last thing I want to do is honor that person. I feel they don't deserve it. And so if you're like me, you're probably thinking, Peter, you have got some splaining to do or I ain't honoring no one who doesn't honor me. And so why the heck would Peter tell folks who were harassed and helpless to honor everyone? And what does this have to do with inheriting a blessing and fertilizing our fruit? Well, Peter wasn't always Mr. Honor Everyone. In fact, he was at one point a nationalist and somewhat of a racist. And he once attempted to murder a man. He swung his sword at a man's head and missed and only cut off an ear. But Peter saw firsthand just how precious and priceless all people were to God in the flesh, Jesus. 
Peter saw how Jesus treated, according to their inherent worth, even the least valued by society. And what was their life and what is your life worth to Jesus? Well, Jesus showed that you're worth him being, though he was completely innocent, punished for all the evils of mankind, past, present, and future. Jesus showed that your life is worth him being slapped and spit on and stripped naked, his flesh shredded by 39 scourgings from a Roman whip that was braided with metal shards. Jesus showed that your life is worth him carrying a 100-pound beam, 600 meters, while being mocked and having a crown of thorns crushed into his skull and then being nailed to that beam and raised on a cross. Jesus showed that your life is worth him being parched and in agonizing pain for six hours until he suffocated. And then his corpse pierced with a spear and his personal belongings claimed by his punishers. Your life is so precious and it's so priceless to our heavenly father that he desired to save us from the full fury of his wrath for the consequences of our evils. And he made a way for his spirit to now indwell us as a guarantee that we'll be in his presence for eternity. And so Peter learned from Jesus that you are and I am and all people are worth dying for. And it's as if he said to the recipients of his letter, y'all, if God himself established that everyone is so precious and priceless that he was willing to die for them on their behalf, then it's probably wise that you and I honor everyone always and never devalue anyone. Peter had it written this way. He said, for you were called to this. This is the reason you've been invited to participate in Jesus's kingdom movement, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he didn't fire off a fury of words. He didn't insult in return. And when he suffered, he didn't go John Cena on anybody or rabbit punch anybody. He didn't threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. But Jesus's example, it wasn't the only reason that Peter encouraged the folks in Asia Minor to honor everyone. For Peter, this teaching was personal. And it was personal because Peter knew that he shouldn't have had the influence he had in Jesus's movement. Peter knew that he should have been a poor nobody who faded into obscurity and that was quickly erased from history. His name shouldn't have even become a household name in our world today. Because, to make a really long yet powerful story short, there was a time when in the status-obsessed Roman world that Peter lost all of his social currency. No one would have wanted to associate with him, and his life was effectively over. And at this time, he likely felt he no longer had any purpose and that his life did not matter. And while the ancient world would have rejected and ridiculed Peter for all of his misdeeds, Jesus did not. Jesus compassionately and he mercifully and he reverently and perhaps most importantly, he publicly, in front of the other disciples, he appreciated Peter simply for whose he was and who he was. Jesus showed Peter that neither his misdeeds nor other people's opinions defined him, but that he was still precious and he was still priceless 
and that he still had a significant purpose to live out. Three times for emphasis, Jesus publicly charged Peter to live up to his identity and to live out his purpose, to strengthen the kingdom movement after Jesus had ascended into heaven. Jesus charged Peter. He said, feed my lambs and care for the well-being of my children's shepherd, my sheep. And a third time, Jesus said, feed my sheep. You still have a significant purpose to live out. And this public yet intimate honoring, it let loose the light that was within Peter all along. It birthed in him a conviction to honor everyone, and it catalyzed his desire for everyone to know Jesus, just how good he was, so that they too would know how good they are. And so Peter, he knew personally how critical it is for me and how critical it is for you to show someone who doesn't deserve honor just how precious and priceless their life actually is. Because you never know how one moment of honor, three simple phrases, how that can change the trajectory of or even save a person's life and ultimately change the course of human history. And modern science, it corroborates this. Here's what I mean. So let's consider this scenario. Let's say that you were feeling generous one day and you decided to give me a cash gift, which I would gladly accept. And what you would have done when you gave me that cash gift and I accepted it is you would have activated a part of my brain that's associated with warm, fuzzy feelings and with my sense of worth. Well, the same part of my brain would likewise have been activated, the warm, fuzzy feelings, that sense of worth, it would have been activated if you simply gave me a compliment, if you honored me. You could have saved yourself a lot of money if you just honored me. And so by honoring me, you would have literally increased my sense of worth, as if you had increased my actual financial worth in my bank account. And what social cognitive neuroscientists have discovered is that one of the biggest factors in what a person believes about himself or herself, it isn't the daily affirmations that they might repeat or meditate on, but what a person believes about themselves, it's largely influenced by how others treat them and what others say about them. Meaning, let's go back to our scenario. With each act of honor, you would inch me closer to understanding how precious and how priceless I actually am. With each compliment that you gave me, which each dignifying act of kindness that you performed for me, you would help me know that I am worthy. And so just like Jesus and Peter taught, you do in fact have the capacity to improve your crappy circumstances. You can feed your fruit, fertilize your fruit, even if just slightly. You have the opportunity to help your cranky coworker or your self-serving boss discover the good that is within them. But not just that. When you honor me in any way, back to our scenario, when you honor me in any way, you would reinforce the productive and the positive behavior that you want to see me repeat. And in time, you could win me over as an ally and my dealings with you would be so much more pleasant. Perhaps this is why Peter wrote, who then will harm you? if you are devoted to what is good. Now, there is a caveat to all this. Let me just say, and Pastor Humby mentioned this recently in this series, that this does not apply to any relationship in which there is any sort of 
abuse whatsoever, physical, mental, emotional, sexual abuse. We encourage you to flee that relationship in a very quick and safe way. Develop a safety plan, connect with somebody you trust, connect with the Akuo team, and let us help you get out of that abusive situation. Now, in most other cases, however, on top of everything that we've just discussed, Honoring others, it will shift your perspective to be more optimistic and to be more positive, which, all of which is associated with you being able to endure a lot more crappy circumstances. It lessens your perceived pain and it improves your creativity. So you will find amazing solutions to escape or change those circumstances. Now, if all of this isn't encouraging enough for you to strive to honor everyone always, Peter said, that if we do what Jesus and what he taught, that God will not be silent towards you and you will be rewarded. Let's go back to where we started, the questions that we asked. And Peter said this, he said, your prayers will not be hindered. And he said that you were called for this so that you may inherit a blessing. Now let's recap really quickly how Peter encouraged us today. You, we all were created in God's likeness. And you, we all were, are inherently honorable. And you, we all must honor our fellow image bearers just like Jesus modeled. And honoring others, it changes what they believe and how they behave. And it changes what we believe and how we behave. And God will honor you when you honor others. Now, because of all this, here's my challenge to you. I'm challenging you to take with me the seven-day honor challenge. That is, commit at least this week only to once a day honor just one person of your choosing. Right now, I want you to think of a person. We're gonna come back to that in just a second. And I'm not telling you to track down that bully that traumatized you growing up. I'm not telling you to re-engage in that abusive relationship that you wisely and rightly and courageously left. I want you to practice with someone that you're ready to honor. So for me, that's my wife, Christine. And we have a resource to help you with that. So you can download this graphic to your mobile device from Akuo's Facebook and Instagram profiles. And here's what you're gonna do. Each morning this week, you'll pray through the questions on this graphic. And whatever Jesus' spirit tells you to do to show that person how precious and how priceless they are, how to honor them, you do it and do not delay. So let's practice this right now. So here's the first question. Father, would you remind me of how good you are? Now, for me, what might come to mind is God's love for us, that he would send Jesus to die in our place so that he would experience the wrath that we deserve. And then I'd move on to the second question. Father, would you help me see, because I'm created in your image and your spirit indwells me, help me see how good I am. And then I would pray the third question, Father, would you help me see the good in Christine? She's the person of my choosing, but you insert the name of the person of your choosing and help me see how good she is as she's created in your image. And then I'd pray the fourth and final question, Father, how might I honor Christine or for you, the person of your choosing right now? And just to verify that it is, in fact, honoring, 
we're gonna go to the next portion of this graphic and we're gonna look at the what honor is and what honor isn't. And so if the response that you got in you praying through those questions is anything malicious or cruel or shaming, anything that's not honoring, obviously you don't wanna do it. But if it's on the other side of the graphic, if it's merciful and compassionate, if it's reverencing, if it's associated with gentleness and calmness and praise, you absolutely do that, all right? And do not delay. And so save this graphic to your lock screen and keep this card where you'll see it when you wake up and repeat this exercise each morning, again, just this week alone. It's like a test drive here. Well, all right, Akuo, let's hear it. Who's down with Pastor Humby and Abel and me to accept this honor challenge? Let us know, say, I accept in the comments. Now, here's what I know what will happen for you. Because you work at honoring everyone, just six months from now, your whole outlook will be more optimistic, more positive. You'll begin to see the good and the essence of God that's within everyone. And your confidence will grow as you see the capacity that you have to impact other people's lives. Perhaps you'll make a better friend at work. Perhaps you'll actually feel more fulfilled going to work. Because you work at honoring everyone, just as Jesus and Peter promised, God will show up in your life. You will inherit a blessing. And so you'll feel an even greater sense of purpose and passion and peace and promise. You'll thus be able to say, I consider these trials joy. You'll feel that you have moved further down the field toward flourishing and living fruitfully. You'll turn your crappy circumstances into fertilizer or fruit feeder. And so, honor who? Honor everyone. God bless you all. Now, will all of you join me in giving it up for Lee? If you're watching live online, throw some exciting emojis for him. Maybe like a, one of those, some fire, you know, just all those things. But seriously, thank you, Lee, for your message today. Akuo Church is incredibly grateful for it. Now, next week, we are going to continue in this series. And next week, we will have another special guest joining us. He might be the hottest pastor that I've ever known. It's Pastor Doug Robbins. So be sure and watch along with us next week at 8.30 and 10 o'clock. Now, next, what I want to talk about here is how we practice generosity at Akuo. What we do is practice the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. Now, we know that when you trust God with your finances, there is a great blessing. And we know that because we see that when you trust God with anything in your life, there is great blessing. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to get like the new Yeezys that are coming out or anything crazy like that because you tithe. That's not how it works. The way it does work is that anytime you give something over to God, you will experience blessing in that arena. You experience a peace knowing that you are trusting God, that you are honoring him with this thing that you have in your life. So we want you to go closer, closer to God by exercising this very practical discipline. Now, that might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family. And if things are tough for you right now, we wanna help you out. We wanna be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. All you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, A-K-O-U-O.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send me an email directly at humby.sedveta at akuo.church. Or you can call or text the church directly at 210-901-8785. 
Now, if you are willing to tithe here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you go there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to tithe option. For that, all you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to tithe to the number 77977. If you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your tithe through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to Akuo at PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. Next, I just want to remind you guys about our Zoom group. This is a great way for us to get together, hear how God is bearing fruit in our lives, and this is also a place that we can be hot with one another. This is a place where we can share our pain with one another. This is a place where maybe God can show you the purpose for your pain. So we want you to join us this Wednesday night at 7.30. For all the links to the Zoom group, all you have to do is go to our social media or our website. Now, in addition to the Zoom group, we will have our first ever in-person group starting in just a few days. The group will be meeting here in the Monticello Park neighborhood, and it'll take place outside, and everyone will be asked to wear a mask for the time being. If you're interested in being a part of this group, we will be posting a link about it on our social media this week. Be on the lookout on our social media and our website for more info in the coming days. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you today. As I say every single week, I want you to know that I love you and I'm praying for each and every one of you all week long. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. So Jesus, as people click off their browsers or turn off their TV or turn off their phone, I just ask that you would be speaking to them. I pray that you would hear, that they would hear you and you would hear what they have to say to you, Lord. I pray that as they move throughout their week, that they would be able to feel the love and, and, and the honor, the way that you honored them by laying your life down for them. And through that, that they would allow that to overflow through them to all the people that are in their lives, whether they deserve it or not. Let this week be a testament and an honor to you that they can show people in their lives honor as well. We love you, Jesus, and we pray all of these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you. You have a great week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.